Welcome to the Mad Trio Podcast. This week, we have the California pariah, Jonathan Charney, James, the fat man, Stevens, and Rob, the old guy. The old guy. He's here. So, we wanted to tell you off the top of the show, since apparently we never tell you, you can get a hold of us on Facebook, Instagram, and we have an email at madtrioshow at gmail.com, and you will hear more about the show after our sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Audacity, the unforgettable party game for mischievous people. They have online monthly game nights on Discord, so make sure you stop by their Facebook page for event times and dates. You can also grab a free quarantine version of the game straight off their website. Audacity, the unforgettable party game for mischievous people. Thanks, Audacity. So, in early 1945, Congress was posed to do something previously unthinkable. Can you guess what that is? What year? 1935? 1945. 45. 45. 45. Other than, I can think of all kinds of war things. Draft women. Ah. The U.S. Army needed nurses, and it needed them badly. The costly Normandy invasion, the fierce fighting in the French bocage, and the bloody Ardennes offensive had produced casualties that strained army medical resources to the breaking point. An acute shortage of nurses, by the way, that's a funny sentence. That's a, that's a good pun. Acute shortage of nurses, the cute. army said Not was... just cute. Acute. I said it the way I said it on purpose. Was jeopardizing the care... Because you only wanted cute nurses? Yes. So all, all, only, we're going to only draft cute, cute nurses. Sorry. The, the last the time... Yeah, yeah. Well, how about female nurses? So now if we do it today, they all wear masks and you can't tell anyway. The last time I asked for a cute nurse, you know what they gave me? They gave me a guy over 60. That's right. I actually told him, hey, can I send you back? He's like, why? It's like, you were not where I requested. He he got a good laugh out of that. An acute shortage of nurses, the army said, was jeopardizing the care given to uh, wounded fighting men. I... This is the first time that I've actually read, and I, I've heard it before, but this is the first time I've actually seen that they were considering drafting. I don't know if they actually did. So um, I had never heard that before. Not not that I... I believe that there are a number of things probably in the planning uh, stages, but were not implemented during, during the war. I mean, things in the beginning were not going well. So there were all kinds well, yeah. of ideas. Uh, you know, I oh. mean, we had... Uh, we had women ferrying, you know, P fifty one Mustangs from the from the uh, factories to areas to to take off to go overseas. I mean, we had women in the factories working, making all these things because there weren't oh, yeah. enough men. I mean, so it wouldn't surprise me. So two- no, I wouldn't be surprised at it either. But I mean, were they drafting them for combat or just for nursing? Oh, they would probably never, just for nursing. Yeah, yeah. the back in 1945, okay. there would have never been. That's what you didn't quite clarify, John. You well, just it, said that they were drafting that there was a shortage of nurses, but you didn't specify that they were only <laughs> looking for nurses and not. Hey, to you have know what? I, if, women, if we want those know. women in the trenches, I'm fine with that too. I mean, you know. <laughs> but there were some badass uh, uh, Russian and uh, oh yeah, uh, Finnish sniper women groups out there, yes, and were. not to even mention those Israeli. Women. Yeah. Well, the, the article specifically, this is History Net, by the way, um, on historynet.com, doesn't actually state in the beginning of the article they just say nurses because, at least in the Western world, uh, you know, you'd never find women on front line. You'd never see them be on the front lines. Now, unless it was maybe like a mash unit if that, or something similar, but I don't think those existed at that point in time. I don't know. So you two, never asked me and I never looked. 
Two days before the president's address, the superintendent of the Army of Nurse Corp, Colonel Florence A. Blanchfield, had said the Army had a target of 50,000 nurses, 10,000 fewer than the president's claim. Under her figures, the shortage was roughly 8,000 nurses, not 18,000 the president had cited. And oh, that's, wow. that's Roosevelt, by the way. Wow. Um, so, so, I, so, so we were talking about that. Remember, we mentioned about the Russian... Oh, using uh, Russians were using women snipers. I'm not even going to try to pronounce this woman's name. Oh, don't. Yeah. I okay. I can't do either. it. Uh, Come on, give but it a she shot. was a Soviet sniper in the Red Army during World War II, credited with 309 confirmed kills. What was her nickname? Because yeah. I know, I think I know who it is. Uh, I think I know you're talking about too. Yeah. I, I mean, trying to pronounce her name. I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember reading about her before, and unfortunately, I'm just not going to slaughter the name. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's uh, she was known as Lady kills. Death. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 So yeah. So anyway, so that's you know I, you know you want to go back to uh, Viking times for crying out loud. The women fought oh, yeah. side by side. So, so yeah, the shield maidens. That's yeah. right. Indeed. And uh, so I'm skipping ahead a little bit in this article. So an estimated 280,000 nurses in the United States during the war year, more than 74,000. That's seven four zero zero zero. About 26% had volunteered for wartime service, although many applicants were rejected by inability to meet Army physical standards. Among other reasons, the Army Nurse Corps grew dramatically during the war. Uh, in 1940, consisted of 942 nurses. By 1945, had grown to 42,000 nurses, all volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there were a number. If you go to fatalities during World War II deaths, there's a number of nurses uh, that were killed in action. Now, so. I, now my, my only question, and I literally have never heard this, and I unfortunately haven't bothered to look it up, were they like at aid stations or were they only at army hospitals? Because my, my assumption, just because the way the world was in the Western world, that they would, have been, they would not have been at aid stations. They would have been at like hospital areas, like after, you know, it had been at least quasi Well, so we had multiple things. I mean, we, we, you got to remember, we had battlefronts that were shifted dramatically during the wars, and sometimes you may have been back behind the lines in a, in a uh, hospital tent area that all of a sudden became the front lines. And, uh, I mean, that's the way it oh. went. So. so risk was potentially a significant factor. Army nurses were non-combatants, but they often served in danger areas. 70% served overseas, often close to the front lines. When the Philippines yeah. fell in 42, the Japanese captured 67 army nurses along with 11 Navy nurses and held them in internment oh, camps man. for nearly three years. During oh. the war, 201 nurses Oof. died in service. Yeah. 16 of them from any fire because of the danger army nurses faced and their difficult working conditions. I should have read more in the article. So uh, the reason I brought this up, uh, the reason <laughs> I brought this up is you, you always hear... You never really hear about the, you know, the, the, the backstage people. It's always the, the, the badass people in the front of the right. line. You definitely near, right. never hear about the women in the war who aren't the, usually when you hear that, you hear Rosie the Riveter, you know, the ladies building, sure. building planes. Yeah. And I thought when I saw this article, it's like, oh, this is badass. This well, is, you know, I think it's a good thing to, to bring history back up to the forefront. For some of the younger listeners that we have here probably have no idea about even what went on and what started World War II. You know, they hear hear about what took place. It's Archduke and, uh, Ferdinand, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so the treaties of Versailles. Uh, well, that was probably the, that. That's probably the number one cause. But 
We're not going to get into that but, much history. But most people will think it's just because, you know, Hitler decided to take over the world. Yeah, it was not just. Versus the treaties that were killing the German economy, which Hitler did fix and could have just stopped there. But anyways. Hey, you know, when no, you're I, a, a psychopath, why stop there? Well, I've, I've, well, so <laughs> I've, right. I've listened to part yeah. of the, the rise and fall of the Third Reich. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's about all you can get through. It's, try it's, reading the dang thing. Try driving when we're oh, listening yeah, to it. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've listened to that, and I've heard a lot of people talk about it. The consensus consensus was last time I was really into that part of history was most people thought if if Hitler had stopped taking back it stopped at the point of taking back the Rhineland, everybody would yeah. have praised him for his ability to yeah. raise the 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 level of poverty to get everybody better they said once yeah, he would from what i understood so you also have the fact that how do you generate jobs and how do you generate and stimulate your economy in germany you know it, it's of okay size but it's not huge and so no the it's other, pretty small actually right so the look at it is to how do we start doing it starting to war was not uncommon that you know, get people back to work in producing in factories. Yeah. I mean, that's what saved the United well, States fixed, from yeah, the. I was going to say it fixed yeah. us. Yeah, exactly. So, wartime economies are known, and I th- that may have been part of it. The problem is this guy was such a freaking nut job, and, and then blamed a particular group of people for all their ills, which we know is bogus and the rest of its history. So read it. So yeah. did you guys know? That Colt Firearm Manufacturing Company was recent, recently sold. Yep. So, okay, I actually did not know that. Okay, I did. so so here's the interesting fact. The, the, the thing that's interesting about it, Colt has been having problems financially for quite a while now. I knew that. On and on for at least the last de- decade or more. And uh, even though they have some very, very large contracts with the military and law enforcement and all that, they were having problems. And so basically they've been up to up for sale for quite a while. So here's where things get a little strange for me. Um, <laughs> the company that bought Colt Holdings, it's a company called CZ or CZG, as they're known or as the group. And... For those of you out there that know about CZ, uh, they are, um, let me make sure I get this right, headquartered in the Czech Republic. So they have their own uh, production facility in the Czech Republic, and they uh, have uh, been producing some firearms in the United States uh, as well. And so now... Colt Firearm Manufacturing is owned by a foreign company. Okay. Are they moving their uh, so, manufacturing facilities out of the United well, States? Well, no, I know no. They do some outside of the United States, but yeah, no, they're not saying. Here's the here's the issue. I think to a degree, we're not sure 100 percent what CZ is going to going to do as far as manufacturing and and. I have a little bit of problem, and you know, now, okay, I've known of CZ for a very, very long time. They've been manufacturing firearms, I don't know, forever uh, over there, and they actually make some very nice, very well-made firearms, um, none that I, I personally have chose to own, but 
there's they're quality guns. They have some quality guns out there. They have some that are not, but Colt had their own issues as well. So, but but what that said is, my problem is is that we have a major uh, military manufacturer uh, making military oh. weapons that are now owned by a foreign government, the Czech Republic. Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah, so, but I'm, I'm looking them up, and. It says that their headquarters is in Kansas City. Well, they yeah they have a it's, but that's, they're a Czech company, so their headquarters is not in Kansas City. So whoever wrote that, they have an office. Uh, it's on Wikipedia, which it's, is interesting. It's, it's probably they're based in Kansas City, Kansas. It's yeah. probably their former headquarters. It probably hasn't because this happened within. I heard about it within the last week. It's fairly recent news that the, they were sold. Okay. Well, this is according to Wikipedia. CZ USA is a U.S.-based subsidi- subsidiary. There you go. Yeah. Of the Czech uh, blah 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, Czech yeah. Firearms manufacturer. I could not say any of that without butchering yeah, so, it. Based so, in Kansas CZG. City, Kansas, but it says CZ USA is responsible. So, is this? CZ USA is no. that just a different company? I'm not saying it's not owned by them, but mm. is that like not their? My understanding main is CZ USA thing? is a, is a subsidiary of CZG, which is the main okay the main parent company uh, in the Czech Republic. Yeah, it's yeah, it's so. it's probably it's oh. it's it's like what Disney and a lot of these companies oh, okay, do. Okay, I see it when when they I go see where the CZUB is. Okay, yeah, it's like a lot oh. of these companies when they they have. Uh, different, like say for Honda, for example, there's Honda America, that is that's parent. Yeah. Its parent company right. is Honda Japan or whatever it's called. Right. Says they also own Dan Wesson firearms. Well, they've so owned they Dan own Wesson, Wesson for a while, but that, they don't produce yeah. many Dan Wesson actual Dan Wesson brand firearms. I hope which not. at one time was a that's great, great they, company. They're but. still not freaking cheap. No, they're they're, they're the whole <laughs> idea behind Dan Wesson is to be a little higher quality. Their design is different than the Smith & Wesson, but uh, uh, I happen to own a, an original Dan Wesson group of guns that are just fantastic, made really well, but that's huh. back in the 1970s, so. Doo-doo. Doo-doo. Yeah, that's yeah, interesting. yeah. I, I never knew about this uh, CZ company. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, if you, if you could, of course, right now with, with the demand in firearms so much, there's a lot of new CZ owners out there because that's the only thing available. Their design is very interesting. And this is going to get too geeky for our, this like particular, huh. this particular audience. So we won't get into it other than to say that they make a very, heavy, I've seen some of these very yeah. heavy firearm. They are stout. They're stout in weight and very difficult to carry on a regular basis. unless you're a very young person, <laughs> And you you don't have back issues, or you're in a wheelchair and want to carry like you know some of the heavier. Yeah, well, because like the Smith and Wesson 500, I know somebody who wanted to carry one, and it's just like you're going to have to be in a, a chair or a fairly larger person. Yeah, well, to yeah, hide I mean, a we always have crazy people. This is true. Hey, I I wanted to buy a 500 just so I could put it on my CCW permit. <laughs> I I still want one. Well, I'm going to carry it. So, all right, all right. You want to go carry. there. I have a student <laughs> who put on his permit is uh, Desert Eagle made by Magnum oh, Research, geez. which is an Israeli company. Uh, yeah, but, but, but I'm not done with the story. It's in 50 AE. So it's, it's virtually uh, the 500. But in a semi-automatic, man, an expensive to it shoot. It is, man. It is. It's like putting a brick 
Maybe two bricks. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so heavy and it's so big. Where is he going to put that? Um, <laughs> How is he going to carry that? So he, <laughs> he like you, he like you said, I'm just doing it because I can. So there's okay, always people okay. that push the envelope a little bit. And I had a yeah. discussion with him about it. And I said, come on. I didn't want to do it because, you know, well, here, here's the kicker on the whole story. He's an expat from Great Britain. <laughs> I, I, so he says, so he says, Hey, I grew up thinking that you'd have just looked at a gun. It would go off. So I'm going, he, he, he went, okay. gun, he came, you know, he moved over here. He became a U.S. citizen. He, he buys firearms like crazy because he wasn't able to in Britain. I, so, uh, that makes sense. I, yeah. I, I am questioning, just curious, like where, <laughs> if you're carrying that, where exactly is the situation revolving that you put yourself in <laughs> that you need a 50 Did caliber a handgun? It? I don't know. I mean, are uh, you in the middle of a soccer riot? I, um, I don't know. No, I, there's, there's no reason for it whatsoever. But anyway, that's yeah. just my opinion. I don't tell people what they can and can't do. So the last, I just do what the law tells me I can do with them. So the last famous king of smut has died. Larry King? No. Close. Oh, not Larry King. Uh, uh, he had he had a movie about him. Okay. Uh, the on. Hustler guy. Larry Flint. Flint. I got the wrong. Yeah. Sorry, Larry King. I apologize in heaven. I didn't mean to put you in the same vein as Flint. Um, so the, yeah. Larry Flint, Larry Flint the, the, the last major king of smut, the man who, oddly enough, if you're a First Amendment supporter and you hate porn, you have to love Larry Flint because... He was a major contributor to fighting for the First, the, the First Amendment. Yeah, he was. As, as weird as it sounds, yeah. his uh, ladies of the evening bearing all helped support your right to say what you want. Hey, you're going to get somebody, one yeah, of those, to say, true. hey, I was never a lady of the evening. She may have been a lady of the day. but <laughs> Mid-afternoon. <laughs> no. no, come on. I know, I'm, I'm, They're just, you know, trying to get their way through college. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. So Larry Flint died. Yes, good for the sad for the First Amendment, and sad for his family. Uh, you know. Yeah. So now, but you, anyway, yeah. Now you have the two most fem- uh, the two most famous uh, put smi- uh, put pioneers, smut pioneers. Smut. That's a, a hard damn sentence to say. <laughs> smut pioneers. They have. Oh, you mean uh, Hefner and Hefner and Larry Flint, and Flint. The, the two most famous in the last century. The last Notable century that I know for of. for for breaking the barriers. Yeah. And talk about that. You know, heavy metal music increases positive emotion or reduces stress, according to Australian study. <laughs> Which is true. Everybody I've ever known. Did they have to be on some form of no recreational drug to be able to say that? No. Everybody I know who loves metal music, uh-huh. including me, uh-huh. you know, you rock out to heavy metal, uh-huh. you feel better. You just feel f- afterwards you don't have any stress whatsoever. No, I'm assuming, especially if you're in the pit, but you have to ask James on that one. Yeah. For me, it always, you know, <laughs> helped relieve stress. Christ. I'm sorry, you guys. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Okay. I mean, Any excuse. I, I, I don't know. It was, it was fun and a stress reliever for me because, you know, uh, you know, you lose yourself in it and you get it i mean for a guy i know a few women that were in pits because oh, they like sure. to do it as well but it was just a fun thing i mean it's not necessarily what i would call relaxing it's not like you're sitting there listening to some calm music or anything but yeah i, I kind of get it 
you know, because I think what they're saying, because it gets out all that pent up, <coughs> all that pent up rage. You know, if you're listening to something hard, you're just rocking out, especially if you're in a, a concert venue with friends or that moment, you're just, you know, it's cathartic. So, so John, yes. now that we're on heavy metal, <laughs> you hinted last week about discussing Marilyn Manson. Mm hmm. I don't think he's a stress reliever for his victims. <laughs> no, there have been. So, sorry, what were you lot. saying? I think every woman who's ever been near him has officially came out and say, even Jenna Jameson, the uh, who's a porn star yeah. or former porn star or reform porn star, whatever. She even said, like, uh, I, I read somewhere that she said he had dreams of wanting to burn me. Well, according to what she said is that he actually didn't just say, you know, that he had dreams of her. He was fantasizing oh. about burning her alive. Mm. Yeah. So uh, that's a little puritanical <clears throat> even for me. Does he have some kind of issue? Have you seen the guy? Uh, I would say <laughs> of quite a I have. issues. You know what the funniest thing about that is, is if you take a guy <laughs> like Alice Cooper, who is one of the original shock jocks of that genre, um, yeah, but he, I, he, well, I wouldn't say he's the founder because it, there, there were other people around that, but I think he was the king of it, in my opinion. Yeah, I would say the king of it. <laughs> um, like, does the, the original guy who him, the guy who did the I put a spell on you originally, I think could quasi be in that, but Alice Cooper, though, he hung himself, he you know, he did all this stuff to just play on your fears and the people of the time, but uh, but Marilyn Manson took it to a whole nother, whole nother level. <laughs> Yeah, he was pushing the envelope type thing. So. Oh, and I think that's what he wanted to, wanted to do. I mean, the fact is, well, when yeah, I first knew, looked at him and read about him, I just, I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, I never did get it, so, so but I'm an old guy. You know, but the things that, okay, so I've heard a couple different stories, um, and I probably should have looked this one up, um, is, uh, gosh, I can't remember her name, the kind of scooting through some of my headlines that I have saved. Um, the first girl to come out against Marilyn Manson, do you remember her name, John? I don't. But I th was that the one that was married to him? Uh, no, I think she was a fiancé. Um, hold on. <laughs> Pause for anyway, a commercial. Um, so what, what she oh. said is that his current girlfriend or evan rachel wood that's was it. the first one who came out um she said that his current whatever i don't know if it's his wife i don't know if he's currently married i don't have that right in front of me right now um she said that his current significant other threatened her with releasing nude photos that exists that Marilyn Manson had of her issue is, is that those nude photos were of her when she was under age. So he has nude pictures of Evan Rachel Wood of her being under age. So to me, that even brings in molestation charges. Yes. And statutory rape. So, I mean, this has become quite a big thing. So do you think, He's stupid enough to actually still retain those photos? Probably not now. <laughs> I don't know. I would. But Evan Rachel Wood says that those photos actually exist. 
Well, if they were ever online somewhere, then they can find them. Yeah. I don't know if he would ever put them online. That would be He's, pretty, pretty dumb. Everybody who I've ever heard talk about him say the dude is intelligent. So I'd like to believe yeah. he wouldn't have them still. But the people who like that sort of thing, they're the type of people that would hold on to it. So, well, I mean, somebody that even. It's like a memento. I mean, if exactly. he's really it's, it's a trophy. psycho that he, that the, they're all claiming he is, right. then just what Rob said, it's a trophy. It's a memento yeah. of his abuse that he can go and look at and relive it. It's exactly. one of the things that the they use as far as serial abusers and killers. And how long abuse. ago did she come out with this accusation? Last couple uh, of weeks? No, no, no. She came out <clears throat> back a couple of years ago. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, so she came out with it saying, well she hinted at it initially she hinted at it and then later on because she was talking about abuse and she hinted at a famous person that she knew that was an abused her and then she finally came out and actually said who it was so michael i wonder right i wonder how law enforcement hasn't gotten involved with this then at this point I think they're in the midst of it. I think they're taking well, it seriously finally. So, but before there was probably there was probably enough not enough evidence because any of the women would probably not want to come forth. Let, let's be honest, he's Marilyn Manson. He's fucking creepy and excuse my language, and he has he has a lot of stroke. So I yeah. could see being afraid of that. You think? You and think he really has that much influence? Look at his audience. Well, I don't know how big is his audience now. I mean, it's huge. Is it? Yeah, he and his, is he at his peak? Fallen. He's not at his peak. No, he's on his decline. No, no, no. His peak was back in the nineties. Yeah, but his audience is fanatical. All right, well, that's fine. I'm. Mean, so what? I mean, I would let me put it this way: I would not, from what I've heard in the past, I would not be surprised if one of his his fans, from what I can remember, from people I've talked to and the reports I've seen, would have tried to do something. So I could see there being fear that way yeah well yeah he's anyway. got some pretty crazy fans out there that actually believe kind of like take his music very seriously in the dark uh things that it kind of talks about and yeah they can get really really weird and creepy uh. and the part that kind of i thought that was so strange you have people who i've listened to interviews of people who have <laughs> been in his band <clears throat> and they all say that Marilyn Manson had the ability to be Brian Warner, his, which is, by the way, his real name, um, yeah. that he had the ability to separate the two. Like Alice Cooper, you know, you say, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm me, uh, I'm me behind the, the scenes. As soon as I walk out stage, it's Alice. You know, I've always heard that about Marilyn Manson. But where the difference is, is I've never heard really anything bad about Alice Cooper but everything about Marilyn Manson has always been kind of, you know, why isn't there, you know, somebody knocking on his door? I've never heard anything particularly good about the guy. I haven't either. Um, and I actually think it I sucks. Mean, the only, I mean, the only thing I've ever heard good about him is actually Ellis Cooper talking about Marilyn Manson and the fact that he is good as a, as a shock type of performer. That was it. And it wasn't saying that he was, you know, a good person at it. He was just saying that his performance is very good. Oh man. When, when he first started, I remember when the beautiful people came out, when he first started, I don't think there was anybody who, who did it as well. He was, 
how do I put this? For the time he came out, he was the perfect act for that. He played on people's fears. I remember an MTV thing, music awards, when he was on doing his, his shtick. There was a bunch of rappers on one side, him doing his kind of, you know, uh, anti-religious creeping people out. You know, you have all these rappers crossing their hearts, and these are supposed to be big gangbangers. And um, he was amazing. Um, like, I remember, like, a friend of mine had the tape of Beautiful People, the cassette tape, and I remember playing it on my old, like, radio boombox I had in my room, and my mom came storming, like, Rose, like you know, like, <laughs> Roosevelt on San Juan Hill. It's like, turn that stuff off! It's like, how did you hear that, you know? Um, I, I have to admit, I'm kind of bummed to hear that he did that, because... I always thought, even though his music was not my thing, you could see the genius behind it. Yeah. Oh, it takes there. It takes a skill to be that sh- to do do that. Like he's looking at me because I'm making these faces. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's like okay, fine. There's, there's I mean, the, you know, there's a there's a lot of theatrics there. All right. Well, good for him. Good for him. Well, apparently they weren't all theatrics, John. No kidding. Apparently yeah. he's um. <laughs> apparently so, not. So the question is, do you think he's going to be sharing a cell with Cosby? Uh, uh, you know what? If there's any truth, these allegations at all, it's possible, but you know, it's it, that you got to prove possible, it. But yeah, I, I, yeah. When you, you have, know, I, when you have this many I people like come his out music yeah, though, maybe. And so what I just got to say is that I, I, you know, I, I'm disappointed that it wasn't just a performance because that's one thing. But to bring it into his actual personal life and be make it into a lifestyle, that's a whole nother thing, especially when um, a lot of these victims are coming out and saying that it was manipulation and they weren't into it type thing. And there's people out there that are coming along and saying, oh, well, it's Marilyn Manson. You shouldn't know what to expect. Not necessarily. So if they weren't really into it and he continued with it, then I hope he does get prosecuted. Right. Well, I mean, if he's guilty, that we want to see yeah. justice. But, you know, yeah. and, if, and if he's not, okay, that's fine. But uh, the, uh, the unfortunate part is that you guys kind of feel that it's possible that it's all true. And that's a sad, that's a sad statement. From where I'm at, it is all true. Yeah. Well, okay. From what I'm looking at, I mean, we've got so many people coming out and – a lot of them, um, from Marilyn Manson's uh, public statements, uh, you know, that he said about these accusations, is there is absolutely no denial from him. Yeah. None. He is not saying he did not do it. That's the really, which I got to give him credit for coming out and not saying, oh, they're all liars. I got to give him credit there. But there's like no shame. It was really well him. worded. There's yeah, it's really well wor- worded what he said. But if you read it, there is absolutely no denial in any of the accusations. Yeah, because there says there's always been people like have questions about my art or yada yada yada. Um, yeah. I'm heavily paraphrasing. Yeah, it it definitely was not a denial. It was basically him saying there has always been people questioning me and my, my art and myself and you know, yada, yada, yada. Well, if you didn't look so freaking weird, probably wouldn't question you so much. See, see that I part, mean, that part doesn't bother me really. Um, bothers me. Well, I, I, he's offensive to the eye, let alone listen to his music. 
Jeez. You should have you should have yeah. you should have tried growing up in the era after Crow was released when everybody and their mom oh, was God, wearing trench coats. Oh yeah. Yeah. The um, craft. The craft and the crow were interesting times for I re- our childhood. I remember multiple. Lo- I remember multiple women on the bus going, "You want to call the Four Corners?" It's like, oh, I fucking hate them. <laughs> I, I remember going, "Oh, um, oh, so Rob, yeah, ever heard of Screaming Jay Hawkins? Yeah. So Screaming Jay Hawkins was considered the pioneer of shock rock. Well, so you've got there's a few of them out there that were the you know, way before Howard Stern." uh that Shock were out rock. there and, yeah and the unfortunately way back even starting in the 50s some of them would come attempt to do some shock jock stuff and immediately got fired well shock rock or shock rock yeah so uh so the reason why i've always heard he uh screaming jay hawkins or jalice j-a-l-a-c-y was his real the first name so it says uh well let's see uh, uh, it was an American singer, songwriter, mu- musician, actor, film producer, boxer, fame chief for his powerful operatic voice delivery and wild theatrical performance, such as I put a spell on you. He sometimes used yep. macabre props on stage, making him an early pioneer of shock rock. So I, that's the reason I brought him up is if you haven't heard him, I, he's actually pretty cool. You can catch, I, uh, they yeah. put a spell on you music. He did video. some radio stuff to start it out, try to start out to, do, to get some momentum too, but that uh, you're right. Because he did, he was, his genres apparently were blues, rhythm and blues, soul, rock and roll, shock. I mean, he's actually super talented, but I, I since we were, we were talking about such a Shocky apparently stuff. lousy human being, I wanted yeah. to bring up at least, you know. Oh, there's so many lousy human we beings out there. Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper's a pretty decent guy. Alice Cooper actually is pretty He may look a little so, strange, but he is my, a decent guy. You know, the, the funniest thing about Alice Cooper, if somebody had told me he's a preacher's kid when I was younger, I'd have been like... Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Uh, everybody yeah. I've ever known is a preacher's Being kid a makes PK, sense. Yeah, yeah, I say it makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, whole 100%. <laughs> so uh, Mandalorian fans out there. Okay. Oh gosh. Uh, we've Poor, heard the latest uh, about Gina Kakaro. Kakarno. Gina Carano, yeah. Everybody pronounces it different. Carano. So Gina, unfortunately, which is kind of making me sad because I kind of liked her in this role of uh, what was it, Cara Dune? Yeah. That's the that's uh, the no no the no character not Cara Dune. Uh, um, I think yeah. I just pulled up. Uh, anyway, she, she played the character on Mandalorian and, and helped him out in certain situations. And I thought she was perfect for the role. Unfortunately has been fired by Disney. No, no, that's, that's, that's actually, she was, she was canceled by Disney. That's (laughs) so let, let's be honest. So canceled versus fired versus let go versus terminated. I like, I like canceled because canceled, canceled. well, because if you take a look what happened, because apparently she, she posted something on social media, which. I either I couldn't find or I wasn't looking hard nah, enough. That's been removed. I couldn't find it either. In and but, apparently it was anti-Semitic, which is unfortunate. Yeah. And <laughs> she was claimed of some other rants going on there, and she was supposedly a Trump supporter, which didn't help her in Hollywood. See, the thing I kept seeing on social media is it was something anti-trans. I uh, thought that who the, knows? the people on social media that I saw were pissed off at that. The only reason I said they canceled, um, I think, so- better. What the headline I have here is the transphobic, anti-mask, and Holocaust tweets that led to Gina getting fired. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. See, I like I like mask. I remember I, that now. Yes, I prefer canceled because at least it, I I think it actually shows what happened. Now, whether you agree with it canceling or not, I think it's fitting because you you had a bunch of people who were up in arms of against it. So, I mean, what do you think, James? Do you for do you prefer canceled or fired? Because I think canceled just has a giant bigger denunciation, or you know, it, I don't care. <laughs> Mr. Pedantic himself doesn't uh, care. Huh? It doesn't, does it matter? She doesn't work there anymore. I mean, she lost a job that I kind of think, uh, yeah, I kind of think it should be. Um, here's one of the tweets. Beep bop boop has zero to do with mocking trans people. Uh, heart and hundred percent to do with exposing the bullying mentality of the mob that has taken over the voices of many genuine causes. I want people to know you can take hate with a smile. So boop you for misunderstanding. I'll love. Uh, okay. I'm confused. Uh, this uh, one is talking about voter fraud, flush out the fake votes, require oh, ID, yeah. make voter fraud end in 2020. That'll do the it. System. Uh, and then she puts up a kind of comedic, comedic one about that uh, the CDC is the and the Democrat government leaders are now recommending people wear blindfolds with their masks so they can't <laughs> see what's really going on. <laughs> I like that. What was um, blindfold? I, I'm not really masks. seeing anything that any reason. Really, yeah, I don't see. Okay, well. I, I don't see one with a Holocaust reference. Hmm. That's what I'm kind of confused at is they're all talking about Holocaust references. And oh, well, no, no, no. I, maybe I, yeah, those I really were scrubbed so far. Maybe those, yeah, were that one must've been scrubbed. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me, but I don't, I don't see one of that. I don't like her. Uh, I'd be super curious. Oh, to... okay. I, apparently she, she, uh, mocked the safety measures during a pande- pandemic and compared them to, uh, you know, things that happened during the Holocaust. It, hold on. So I could see that one offending a lot of people. So pause. So everybody out there, can we all agree on one thing? Stop comparing everything to World War II, whether it's calling Trump fucking Hitler. And yes, I'm cussing because it starts it pissing me off. Where, where uh, jails you, or helicopter or Holocaust things like that. That's 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 all universally could, agreed. To pick something that's a little more relevant to the situation. But I I could see that one because um, apparently she's saying that the treatment of the Republicans and the people that are anti-maskers and things like that. She was comparing them to the Jews during the Holocaust of being, you know, oppressed or whatever. Persecuted. I think that's, I, think I that's, could see yeah. that being a last straw. I could see that one being a last straw. The other ones, I don't see anything wrong with that. That's her own personal page. But to take something so, as John said, it should not be compared to then and now. So, I, I don't. So there's a but, uh, there's a New York Magazine writer who made an interesting comparison about this. And I wanted to bring it up because a Rob was alive, at least for the after effects of it. No, that this in uh, Hollywood, this We're Hollywood serious. Where's our serious music? Hollywood is uh, Hollywood is accused of McCarthy esque crusades against conservatives after firing <laughs> actress Gina Carano uh, from the Mandalorian mm. as in as somebody who was alive, at least 
for the effects. My of childhood it. of McCarthyism, <laughs> I do remember some of the effects of it. So the as, blacklisting in Hollywood was a was a big one. So as as the official old oh, guy, here we go. right? I'm curious in what you you think of that. Or what was that, James? Oh, did you find? Oh, it? I just I just found the tweet. I have the word for word oh. of the tweet now. Oh, all so right. What was it? Okay. Uh, Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children. Because history is edited, most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them for simply being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? You know, she's not wrong. No, she's not wrong. And that's different from what I was reading actually in the article. It brings a different light to it. So I don't see that one being a last straw, actually. Well, I, I, again, again, I understand it being controversial to people, but right. I don't consider that controversial. My thought would be. I could see how it would be construed as controversial for people. Uh, how? I could see that. Because people are sensitive assholes. Well, maybe because she's she, you know, she's actually <laughs> Just stating saying. some of the truth that people don't want yeah. to be reminded of. Well, and isn't that the whole thing that we're fighting with history overall? Uh, from yeah. tearing down statues instead of putting up something saying why we would tear down the statue. Yeah. To, to so every form I, of trying to change history. Because yeah. my thought on that is that would work for like say Texas, you know, where it's super conservative or, or San Francisco that's super liberal. I mean, the way I take it and maybe I'm just, well, I'm obviously not normal. Um, well, you're talking about the problem of being a conservative in Hollywood. Yes. And yeah. it, it, I, you are in a very rarefied era of minorityism in, in Hollywood. If you're conservative, and, and yeah. I mean, a, a lot of uh, actors have been uh, having problems, Trust. getting jobs, whatever it may be, especially if they're younger, if they're conservative, have conservative views. Uh, Kevin Sorbo is a good example. Just, you know, he's yeah. been, there's an example of another conservative that's been busily trying to keep his career going alive. And unfortunately, he's been. Nope, he's conservative. We can't have him on the show. And and Gina's, you know, uh, uh, Lucy Lawless was another one. Now, I guess there was, I, yeah. I read a quick thing saying people are saying, oh, she ought to be the one to replace Gina. Well, unfortunately, Lucy's a little too old at this point. She's not Zena Warner or Princess any longer. You know, uh, I've seen her in a few shows, and she still looks pretty good. She, she does. Look young. She does, but she it's a pretty good. physical role. They could have her as the older know. Mandalorian, uh, the female, you know, who has <coughs> what they, she, a few miles she, under her belt. Yeah, well, I mean, she's not a Mandalorian. <laughs> well, they could have her, I yeah. guess. I anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is, is that, you know, yeah, we, we have swung from one extreme to the other. But Hollywood has always seemed to be, you know, you go from the 1950s McCarthyism era with blacklists in Hollywood and actors turning in actors. In some cases, uh, it's been proven that they did it just so that they could get the role. Uh, so yeah. they would point their finger at somebody and say, hey, I heard them talking about communism. And uh, all of a sudden, now you're blacklisted. So uh, it's been going on for a long time. And it, and it doesn't change. Yeah. And, and it's the old statement about you can't have your own opinion if it's different than 
what the majority might be in Hollywood. Hmm. That's or what the government true. tells you. Okay, so but you know, I I still think that I mean her personal views should be her own not being on soapboxed in the show. No, not at so all. She wasn't sitting there on the show no. putting her views out there. That's where I would have a problem that she's on the show and all of a sudden starts ad libbing or gets the script written to enforce her views on the television show. That's where I would have an issue with her being on the show, which she wasn't doing. Now her personal views on her personal social media page should not necessarily, as long as they're not straight out, I hate this person or I hate these, this race of people, or I hate this thing which i don't see in any of her tweets i've read all the ones that are you know were controversial that people are saying she needs to be fired over i don't see that there i see those as her being either saying her view which wasn't put in a hateful way or making a joke about something that she doesn't agree with in not a hateful way so so i don't see anything in there that would constitute being fired over i see them being controversial and not the majority viewpoint that people are looking to see part of it i think at this point is because of the way society is nowadays i think that's why i don't think she was necessarily fired because it was contra- uh, because of what she said but because it was controversial yeah, that's people, what I see it as. Specifically people like Disney, who, even though they're a multi-billion or zillion dollar corporation, they still have to play, they still have to play, um, not nice, but they still have to play it safe on on modern times. So I think that's, I think that's, I think that's why they did it, is because Disney, it was the bottom line versus one person who... They for fight for now. If now, if you take that, say Walt Disney, say if there was a tape of Walt Disney saying absolutely horrendous stuff against, I don't know, uh, Jews or or or, ho- keep, or homosexuals, what the question is? Would he they probably did? Well, the question is, if they did, it was if it was on tape, would Disney remove Disney from Disney? Now I don't think they would because so because Disney died seventies. It's been a while. The man oh, yeah. that nobody remembers the man Disney himself. I guarantee there's not a whole people alive today who actually knew him personally. The Disney you know now is a characters character, but would they do it? And that's kind of how I look at this. The Gina thing is they she wasn't worth she was not worth them dying on their sword. Sixty six. <clears throat> sixty six. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So you know the problem is is that we're we're back to we started out talking about the First Amendment, right? We you know, we had an issue with yeah. right Marilyn Manson and, or, or uh, Larry Flint and, and that whole for we're back to what can you say with you know you're right nothing. to say or state your opinion <laughs> that. You know, if you if you get hired, all right, I get hired by Disney. Now all of a sudden, I can't say what I truly believe. I've got to walk. The, I've got to walk the party line. Hmm. Does that so, sound familiar? The question is: See, my only thought is where I think we're. I think nowadays we're in kind of an odd spot because of social media, um, even podcasting. Um, 
It's because back in the day, say before social media, if you had the, if you said some of the stuff she said, nope, you might've pissed off a few people around you, but nobody would have known. Now that, that she's a somewhat famous figure or uh, a B or D list celebrity, she, her platform is a little larger. So now you're in a room full of people shouting. Hey, the gossip sheets have been out there since the fifties. There've been writers writing about what people said from, but that's from the rat pack. But, that, but that's third hand though. Face, uh, but, but most people. Well, see, this her, is, okay. You're right. Most in this people, case, this is, this is her. I guess she admitted she said that. Don't forget there. Some people have people yeah. posting for them, for them. Most, it's not really them. Most people, I think, believe, unless there's proof otherwise, that believe that Facebook social media is the first party. It's a first party thing. Like if, if uh, I don't know, if um, Adam Savage said something horrible, everybody's thinking, oh, that was Adam Savage. Instead of saying, no, I hired an idiot kid. He said that he, you know. You know, I, I don't think right. people would believe that. And I think, I think that's the situation is everybody believes now everybody thinks you're in a crowded room shouting horrible things. Now, I, I think the argument can be made that maybe, Hey, you know, educate her on, on why she's wrong. Now I, I, I don't know. I, I don't get it because that's never, you know, so I was, wait, I was wait, always wait, raised wait, different. Wait. <clears throat> you want her to be reeducated now? No, what a, what that's a, what it just sounded like you were saying. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, we go the like. re-education camps. Why don't you, Off she's got to go now. No, because before that's what you kind of said though. Well, no, because before. No, I know. I and, by the way, thank you for it. pointing it out because I, I said it wrong. It. But it was like when um, oh, what's his name? Uh, the guy from Lethal Weapon movie, Mel Gibson, said all those horrible things about Jews. Absolutely, knockered off his mind. He, part of the thing he did was, you know, he went to a bunch of Jewish organizations and he talked to people and it, the, he at least got to see their side of it. Now, well, what about the guy with passion, passion of the Christ? Jim Cavissel. Yeah. Cavissel. They got so, oh, okay. and I'm not going to use this term crucified because it's a terrible analogy, but basically he did for just playing the part. See, yeah. I, I, right. I, yeah. Well, I think that's differently because I no, I know. I literally think the reason why is because Mel Gibson pocketed it of absolute fortune. And it's the old thing is you don't make money in Hollywood outside of the system. And I think he got wrapped up in it. And also the fact that Jim Caviezel actually said, yeah, he's a believer at, at one point in time. Well, yeah. And it's fine. What's wrong with that? I mean, you know, it's like, all right, now you can't have your own religious views. See, this one I can actually argue. Part of it, I, I think, is because Christians have sold a bill of, uh, a, a, uh, they've sold a bill of goods, but they, they don't. The bill of goods to okay. what? No, hold, okay. Hold, hold, okay, wait a minute. He's trying to put his thoughts together. No, I don't so. know how to say this, but I think Christians have said one thing historically and acted a, a oh, different way. Okay, I get what you mean. Yeah, they're being hypocrites. Oh, yes. All right, hypocritical too, of course. And I and, think, and I think that's, and that's one in of the any reasons. religion. I don't care what it is. Well, I think because Christ, anything. because because Chris, Christianity is such a dominant a dominant faith in the United States, and as a believer myself, in the world, in the, I I think that was the issue right. is is people. We sold the bill of goods so far, then people now are like, you know, no, I don't like this. I think we're, I, I think that is just reaping the rewards of what we did. We broadcasted love and didn't show any. <laughs> okay. So with that said, I mean, I, I, I think we're, we're going to circle all the way back to Gina here and talk a little bit about when is it going to be okay to be able to state your view, as long as it's not a hate view, not something just so overtly bad 
that you can state your views and still not be worried about losing your job. So I would say if you're a celebrity, keep your mouth shut. Not worth it. If you're and me, <laughs> who cares? I know. I don't know how. You, I don't I know. know. I will see. You're, you know, I'm not saying you're wrong. I think that's the problem. I think there's a lot of actors in Hollywood that uh, choose to say, and maybe, and maybe rightfully so. Maybe okay, their lives on, as maybe their lives as an way. actress, actor, maybe their lives as actors should be completely separate from the lives as a human being. How about? How about? I'm, I want, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this right. But along the lines of discretion, how about you teach discretion instead of brainwashing, like John said, mm -hmm. or re-education, as we could put it? Mm -hmm. um, for I mean, I hate the fact of having to think about stifling our First Amendment right, but our First Amendment right isn't to be an asshole in how we talk. So if we're going to bring out our viewpoints, I think – as far as being a celebrity or highly in the public eye, you need to learn some sort of discretion. Does that make more sense? No, you're, you're entirely right. So, I, I think the majority reading, of actors in Hollywood do just that. Yeah, but reading Gina's, you know, the tweets tweet, that right. were in that article that are controversial, apparently, um, I wouldn't say they were... It goes across. Done in John's a tasteless manner. Tasteless manner. I think they were done in a controversial, humoristic manner, which I wouldn't say is the best course of discretion. The one where she was, I guess, comparing um, the the division between political views that is going on in our country right now wasn't the most discreet manner, but I don't think it was done in a humoristic, tasteless manner. So and what I read, did you did you guys take it as a tasteless? Not from what you you know, I not actually reading the actual tweet, but hearing it from what you yeah. said. Uh, no. Yeah. Well this I didn't think it was. No, I, I, I just I just want to know where do we draw the line as what we can say as far as First Amendment goes. I, I think this goes back to the biggest problem with text is inflection, uh, inflection of what you're saying versus saying, you know, like saying, I love you versus <laughs> I love you. You know, it, it's really hard to get the minutia of text. And I, I, I think what James is saying is people need to learn how to frame what they're saying in, in, in a more concise manner. Right. Is that because that's that's yeah, kind of how I'm taking not it? Not a concise manner, but in a <sighs> a manner that can relay uh, something properly, I not thought, offensively. From, from hearing the, hearing the tweet, I thought she was making a point that used maybe a reference that here's partly okay. Now I'm going to step back here and try to try to re, re, rephrase this in a way that I understand where I'm coming from. Okay. There are many Jews out there that believe that if you're going to talk about the Holocaust and you're going to talk about what happened to the Jews, it should not be talked about in any manner other than what happened to these people, period. Uh, right? That's a good point. You, yeah. You've got to, you're, yeah. Okay. With reverence and, and, and shock. Exactly. And, exactly. Yeah. So there's, there's where it becomes what probably happened to her. She used it in a reference that was not... Yeah. Dignified? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I will say this, though. 
in the in today's society, as John pointed out, there's a lot of comparison that people do to the atrocities committed in World War II. Mm-hmm. And I think as what you're hinting at, that is a complete disservice to the Holocaust survivors and to their families that the Holocaust survivors gave birth to. Right. Because that's where we're at now. We have a lot of Holocaust survivors' children's children. Right. Now, there's not very many Holocaust survivors. I think there's only literally a handful now. And I'm talking like maybe five. (laughs) So literally a handful. So we're talking about the survivors' children now. And I think that does a disservice to them to be like, oh, I heard it with the Homeland Security when Homeland Security came out. Oh, they're brown shirts. That's mm. a World War II reference to the Holocaust. Right. Because they did a, the brown shirts did a lot of atrocities. And, you know, I've heard it compared and compared and compared to each, each presidential regime in at least the past 15 years. And I think to see... It now again, uh, maybe it's a last straw for her to compare it to, you know, to compare something that isn't as culturally uh, sensitive. Yeah. Well, so our, our, yeah. I th- understood. I think it desensitizes us to the to the things that actually happen. I think that's what it is. It's a desensitizing. It. Yes. So, understood. I, right. I I had a question. So um, we're, we're we're running out of time. If you guys want to go a little bit later, I'm okay with that. So here's the question. Um, so whether you're talking about transphobia, homophobia, or you're talking about um, using the image of the Holocaust incredibly poorly or, or poorly. Um, I guess, how would you, how would you, would you, would you not use those comparisons? Would you use, I guess the question is, because if somebody found a trans, a comic trans, a comet transphobic, what is the way either you don't do that or do you approach it? Or do you approach when you're writing the comet in a way that actually shows, I guess, what do you do? I think you just need to say it's wrong. So just, just why would you have to compare it? Why wouldn't why would you always have to compare it to something else? Why can't you just point it out and list what's wrong with it? So less like, of what she's saying, hold on, what she was saying is that the political views that differ are being oppressed by both sides. And not necessarily she was more leaning towards the right wing, but so One everybody uses the other. Why can't you just say that? Right. Why do you have to bring it into something else and say this is comparing it to the Holocaust and this is how they made it happen? Right. I've seen so many times that happening. The even with the stripping away of rights of the Second Amendment. Uh, sorry, Second Amendment. I completely butchered saying that. Um, and saying that when the, when you take the guns away, that's how you end up with people shooting you. Why can't you just say that instead of saying, oh, that's how the Nazis did it. That's how, you know, the, the USSR did it. We, Why we use comparisons. We yeah. use comparisons in our lives, James, every day. I understand that. Right? It's a comparison. Now, is it an appropriate comparison? That's the argument, I think. Yeah, uh, right. That's where I'm coming okay. from. So you're I coming understand from that, the comparisons. Right. I'm just saying, just say it's wrong. 
I actually it doesn't always need to be a comparison. I, I I agree with James specifically about this and stop using the the Hitler this and and the Holocaust that unless it's like a direct comparison. But I, at the same time, I don't want that history to fade away. I mean, I no, see I, I see an awful lot of the world to it. Right. Sorry, There's I an, talked right over you. That's okay. There's an awful lot of the world that unfortunately is anti-Israeli. Uh, yeah. There's many factions in the United States alone that are anti-Israeli. And I I look at it, it's, you know, you, you at the same time, you don't want the history of what went down to go away. And so is it appropriate to use the comparison or not? In some respects, I look at it as bringing it to a point where you don't forget what went down to, all right, I understand that you don't want it to be used in such a way that, you know, it's it's not being dignified to what happened. So I understand both sides of that, but I think both can co- coexist. I, I really believe they did. Normally, I would say... I, I would say it, it could, but I think right now the way the world is so hypersensitive, I think we need to be a little bit more aware, um, specifically about groups, whether they, they are oppressed or appear to be, um, whether it's, you know, like say the trans stuff, a uh, uh, group or, or Why not. Why is it okay? Nah, I'm not even going to go down this road because we could get a lot of hate, hate mail. But it seems to me, uh, just not making exact points, but saying, why is it okay now that there's a certain groups, certain groups that are okay to say and talk about and promote and and all of this and other groups that are not? Because I think, I think this is the the way I view it right now is this part of history where society is changing. And that I think that happens when new groups are, are coming coming to light or they're forming and so i think they're allowed more leeway some ways than other groups i just think that's just the natural progression of the way society is i think eventually when they're more homogenized in society Uh. made a little bit more accepted i think then that particular sensitivity of whatever it is will go away i just think I think we're always going to have minority and majority groups. Oh, no. Majority, sorry. And there are always going to be somebody out there saying, I'm the minority, you know, I need to be recognized, and you can't do this against me or that or because it's wrong. Oh, it's no. always going to happen. I mean, that's what we've seen. I've seen that in my only – in the years that I've been alive, I've seen that countless times. And I'm not saying that the minority groups – need to be oppressed and and not listened to i'm just saying that it's going to continue no I, that's just a society we live in well i think that more than that i think that's human nature you know that tomorrow's yeah, yesterday's uh um minority is tomorrow's majority so i think there's 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 always going to be that fight i think what it is and i think dr martin luther king was the the, the correct in saying it is you you create that equality you, you give everybody the same foundation, the same rights, the same freedoms. You make sure that the, 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 the minority that is not being oppressed that they get, you know, so I, I think that's, I think that's what a lot of these groups are trying to do. I just think to the majority of people, it just seems like, you know, because I don't know, I, I it's hard to exactly describe. I think they're just fighting for what they believe in. Yeah, and I don't know, but this is human nature, though. This is the way history's always been. If you could, you take a look through history, there's always been this give and take and ebb and flow with people. I think what is new 
is the internet and social media. I, I guarantee if the internet wasn't around, I don't think anybody would, would care in a bad way about genus comparison, uh, about the Holocaust. I don't think anybody would care about the, the trans comment because in those areas, those uh, transgender people are accepted, they would expect it. They'd be accepted, and that would grow throughout time. I think what happened is you have this powerful force called social media that puts a lens on everything, and it you know, it, it, it just blows away everything. There's no, there's no way you can block this lens. It's the uh, Mythbusters death ray. And I think that's the problem. You, yeah. you, you give, you don't give people the time to actually comment. Cause you know, back in my dad's day, it'd be articles, it'd be this and that, but eventually it would die down when people disgusted enough. But I think what happens is we live in the post forgiveness world and if you're guilty once, you're guilty a second time. And if you're guilty a second time, you're guilty a third, a third time. And I, 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 the older I get, the more I think the internet may be a bad thing for discussing. I think we have to, we have to teach ourselves and our children. How do we have discussions without having, without being oversensitive? And I don't know how you do that. I, I think what has to happen is we have to learn to be tolerant of, the, of other views. And that's something that I've been working on diligently trying to be tolerant of views that I just can't believe to a certain degree. And I go, okay, uh, you have a right for, to, to your opinion and your belief and, and move along. Uh, and, I you think, know. But I think that's a lost start, Rob. No, 100%. I think in, in our society... If you look at the internet and, you know, I, I kind of touched on this a few weeks back when I pointed out that we live in a society where we don't see opposing views often based on our newsfeed. And we only see things that either agree with us or are in line with it, not, not necessarily completely agree with our viewpoints, but are mostly in line with it. And that's because of the algorithms that we have in social media. And not only that, but also our newsfeed is based on our friends. And if we see people that we don't agree with, we can hide that. We can remove that. And a lot of us and a lot of our society does just that. It's very rare that you find people who will keep friends or be or make it so that they can see people in their newsfeed that don't agree with them. So and we and I think that's become an issue is because they don't see it as I disagree with this person, but I can still be friends with them and I can still talk to them. Yeah, those days seem to be over. See, this this goes yeah, this it really does seem to be over. Yeah. This goes back to what I've said since the beginning of Old Guy Tech TV and even older is you got to agree to disagree. You got to come to a point that says, you know, I don't agree with you, but that's awesome. And I, I, I and cause I have friends who believe 180 degrees more th different than I do. I mean, I have friends who are so polar <clears throat> opposite me. The fact we're friends sometimes is astounding. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and there's some of the most loving, caring people I've met, and I think the problem is, no, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I think what it is is we're not people anymore. You're a Democrat. You're gay. You're a Christian. Everybody's going to have a label. Yeah, instead of saying, you and I share the most common bond possible. We're, bo we're both humans, you know, and I, I think 
I think we need labels for some reason. When I've, when I, I love talking to everybody, whether, you know, black, white, gay, straight, I love talking to people because you get their worldview, their experiences adds a flavor to my life that I can understand what they go through. And I think we don't want that anymore. You want this. You've got to be isolated inside this bubble. And honestly, I think it hurts society. I, I guarantee if this yeah. world, and I think the internet 100% is the cause of this. Because when I was a kid, if I talked to people in real life, the way people talk to people on the internet, my mom would have slapped me. Um, I don't think I'd be alive. No, you, your, your mom would have, let, let's be honest, your mom would have drawn and quartered you. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the ability to, and we've been saying this for a long time, the ability to, behind, to be able to hide behind a handle on the internet allows people to just to have uh, diarrhea of the mouth that, uh, what a way to end the show, that this allows them to say things, uh, you know, things that uh, they wouldn't do, they wouldn't say to your face. I mean, uh, to be honest. So that, that's partly what happens with it as well. It has been for a long time. I, and I, I think, yeah. and I think that's leaked into real life. And to quote the Beatles, "There's nothing you can do that can't be done. Nothing you can sing that can't be sung. There's nothing you can say, but you need to learn how to play the game. It's easy. All you need is love." So, ladies and gentlemen, that the, apparently the old guy is having a, a, a fit. I better go check. We're him. running over. I mean, come on, people aren't going to listen to uh, you know. So, I, I wanted to finish what I was saying, but fine, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, for the California Pride, Next Jonathan week. Charney, James the Fat Man, Stevens, and Rob the old guy, because it's way past his bedtime. Right. As always, <laughs> thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.